What's up, everybody? Welcome to In and Out with me, your host, Albert Vartanian. This is episode 10 of the podcast. We made it. I didn't think I'd get here, but here we are. 10 episodes deep into In and Out, the In and Out podcast. And on today's show, my main man, the guest, Martin Levenois, joins me once again to preview this coming weekend in the Premier League, Fantasy Premier League, that is. Uh, we discuss everything. Diego Jota, we talk about Chelsea keeping clean sheets, we talk about Jamie Vardy, we talk about pretty much everything that you need to know heading into the game week. I think, I believe it's game week eight. Already eight game weeks in. I feel like, you know, it's been nonstop soccer with Champions League, Europa League, International Break, FA Cup, uh, Carling Cup, not the Carling Cup anymore. I think it's called the Carabao Cup now, but it's just been nonstop. It's been great. I mean, for soccer fans, you just turn on the TV and at some point in the day there's soccer on because from 12 o'clock Eastern time to even midnight you have you know you can go from Europa League to Premier League to La Liga to Champions League and then MLS in the evening here on the East Coast but I want to thank everybody before I continue before I bring in Marty I want to thank everybody who has listened to the podcast who's downloaded the podcast who shared uh, the podcast episodes on Twitter on my Twitter account which is the real Bert V, you can follow me there. I greatly appreciate it. Um, we have somewhat of a following now, which is crazy to me. I mean, we average about, you know, 40, 50 listeners. That isn't huge, but for me, it's big because I didn't think I'd even get to this point. So I want to thank everybody who who is listening or our loyal listeners. That's so weird to say because it's just, it's very strange. But I'm very happy and uh, Martin is very happy as well. Uh, we used to host a soccer show. I think I mentioned this before. Uh or the Fantasy Sports Network when we worked together for, I think, about three years, maybe closer to four years. So uh, we do have some chemistry, and we've always wanted to bring back uh, some sort of sh- soccer show and do something together. So now I have this show, I bring him on, and this is really turning into a soccer show anyway. This is supposed to be like interviews and talk about my life and talk about this and that, but really it's just a lot of soccer. I will get into that eventually. I'll talk about, you know, different things i'll bring on certain guests and like i mentioned before i think i'm going to be heading into the youtube direction as well so why not have a little bit of video to go along with the audio so anyway thank you very much if you're on apple podcast please rate and review the podcast uh spotify i'm not sure if there's a rating or review system on there but you can download it on spotify apple podcast google podcast i think pretty much anywhere um, you listen to podcasts, you'll find the in and out podcast with me, your host, Albert Vartanian. I'm still not sure about that title of the podcast in and out, but listen, I'm 10 episodes deep. I'm not going to change it out, change it now. It was supposed to be kind of, uh, shorter episodes to get you in and out. That's why I named it that probably not the best thing, but Hey, this is what we got and we're here. So we're going to stick with it. And without further ado, time to bring in my man, the main man. Martin Levenois. Welcome to the show, my friend. Thank you. Thank you for having me again. It's always a pleasure. Martin, what's going on in Chelsea? This is crazy. They couldn't stop anything from going into the back of their net now. As of last night, we're recording this on a Thursday. Last night, they played in the Champions League against Rennes. They kept their fifth clean sheet in a row. Six straight clean sheets for Edward Mendy. 5.1 in FPL, by the way. Might be worth a pickup. I don't know if you want to transfer out your keeper to bring him in, but if you're using your wild card, I think I would I would highly suggest at least taking a look at him. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Right? It's one of those things, like you, you nailed it. I personally don't like making goalkeeper transfers, excluding at wild card time or if I have an injury or suspension, but 
I think it's worth a look. Um, and I mean, if you haven't already grabbed a Chelsea defender, I, you know, especially this week, if you look at the, the players who are most transferred in, the trend is Chelsea players at the top. Kurt Zuma, he's been transferred in by just shy of 400,000 managers. Um, Chilwell has been rising for the last few weeks, and he's actually been brought in by 200,000 managers. So I think those are great options if you don't want to go with a goalkeeper. And probably the two I would look at the most, um, especially Chilwell. I get why people are going with Zuma just because, I mean, he's got three goals on the season. He's a threat on set pieces, but I just think Chilwell has more attacking threat consistently and obviously the clean sheets. Um, so I prefer Chilwell to either Zuma or Mendy. Uh, I just think he's a great option, especially um, he's on, he's still pretty cheap. I mean, overall, he is nearing that, that premium price range of six and above. He's at 5.9 now, but I still think he's a very good option. Back to Zuma, and this is more for new FPL players. Every season, you'll have a center back who'll go on a run and score like three or four goals and within a couple of weeks or in a couple of games. It's not sustainable. Center backs don't score goals. Yes, they're in good positions during set pieces because they're big and they're in the box and they can usually win those aerial duels. But like I said, it's just not sustainable. But what is sustainable is a good defensive team. Maybe not keeping as many clean sheets as Chelsea are doing right now, but I think bringing in uh, those defenders that you mentioned come with so much upside, not only offensively, i.e. Ben Chilwell, but defensively as well. I mean, but I will say this, okay? Everyone's got kind of going a bit, a bit crazy, Marty, with this Chelsea defense. Let's look at the teams that they played, okay? Their first clean sheet of this little run, they beat Crystal Palace 4-0. I think Palace has scored eight goals in this season, a team that struggles to score. They kept a clean sheet against Sevilla, 0-0. Sevilla in La Liga struggled to score. They played Manchester United, 0-0. Manchester United can't score, but in that game, both managers were trying to keep a clean sheet because they were under pressure because they haven't been keeping clean sheets. So if you watch that game, that was probably the most boring game of the season. It was horrible. Actually, outside of what game did I watch? That was pretty bad. It was West Brom, Fulham. I think that was pretty bad. Um, then they beat FC Krasnodar in the Champions League. Krasnodar in the Russian League score a lot of goals, but they're just not at the level of top Premier League teams like Chelsea. So, I'll give Chelsea that one. Then they beat Burnley 3-0. Burnley is at the bottom of the Premier League with just six goals scored. They struggled to score. And then they played Wren, who are missing their best player in Edouard Kamavinga, and went down to 10 men just before halftime. So, I will say that. I think once the fixtures change, they get a bit more difficult for Chelsea against teams like who are upcoming, like Spurs and Leeds and Wolves. I don't know if they'll be keeping as many clean sheets. So I really want to see that defense tested. I don't think it has been properly tested up until this point. I don't think Edward Mendy has been properly tested up until this point. They do play Sheffield this weekend. And I think there's potential, high potential for another clean sheet there. But I just want to throw that in because I'm just not completely convinced that Chelsea is this defensive juggernaut that are going to keep clean sheets moving forward. Am I right or am I wrong, Marty? No, I think you're right. I think bringing up who they're playing is a very good point. And um, I also agree with what you said about Zuma and center back scoring on these little runs. If you look at Zoom, I mean, I was looking at Zuma's history and although he hasn't played a ton of minutes every season, just um, the most goals he's ever scored uh, in the Premier League season is actually this season with three already. Mm -hmm. um, and if you look at someone who is the most expensive center back, I know he's injured, so I'm not saying grab him or anything, but just look at his history. Virgil van Dyke, 
He scored five last season for the season before. So let's say best case scenario, Kurt Zuma scores five goals. And at a certain point, their clean sheets start to, um, well, they, they don't get as many as they're getting right now. He's just not going to be as good as, as good of an option as Chilwell or as a, another wingback or fullback you might find on another team. So I agree 100%. I think they're not a juggernaut. Yes, they're on a good run right now, but I think if you're targeting Chelsea, defensively it's Chilwell, uh, maybe James, but I'll, I'd rather target their attackers than their, than their defenders for sure. I'm surprised that Zuma is a staple in that back line. He's like the last defender out of that team that I thought would be uh, in that starting 11 under Frank Lampard. I was looking maybe at Rudiger or Christensen or Tumore even, but I mean, he can play in a back three. He can play in a two with Thiago Silva. Maybe that's what he needed. He needed to, to play with a leader like Silva. And I think the bonus for Zuma is that Silva can speak French coming from PSG. So maybe there's a bit of a partnership there. But don't pick him up just yet. If you do, I mean, I hope he keeps scoring for you. But it's probably unlikely. Marty, Kai Havertz, unfortunately, uh, tested positive for COVID-19. He is owned by... Oh, man, I should bring this up. Come on, Albert. I'm dropping the ball already this morning, Marty. What am I doing? It's not that yeah. high. I think it was under 10%. Under 10%. Okay, he's owned by under 10%. For those uh, managers who do own him, what's the move? Are you going to hold on to him for a couple weeks until this passes, or is it best to just ship him out and bring someone else in? Well, as a stubborn Kai Havertz owner, or I, or I used to be, I, I, was, I was hanging on to him this whole season. I'm like, he has to come good at, at some point. He does. Um, he's dropped from 8.5 to 8.4 under my – my managership here and it's been it's been uh pretty annoying but i actually chose to drop them and the reason why um i mean i know that the international break is is just around the corner and he will likely be back after that um so you're not missing you know two or three games with with him out um you're just missing the one most likely uh the reason i dropped him is just because well i had bigger plans uh with those funds so there's a few players you could look at um i'll say who i went with uh, at the end, but I, I would look at his teammate, uh, Hakeem, the dream. Yeah. <laughs> th this guy is a fantastic option. Dude. He's a baller too. Like forget about FPL stats. Forget about anything. Just watching him play. He's so good, man. And he has one of the best switches in all of football from one side of the pitch to the other. It's just so beautiful. He did it the other day in the, uh, I don't know if it was in the No, it was in the premier league. Anyway, continue. Yeah. So I think he's a great option. 8.0. He is, um, I mentioned him briefly when we were talking about Chelsea defenders, but he's been transferred in by over 300,000 managers. His price has gone up 0.1, um, but still a great differential right now at 6% owned. Um, and I think if you're an owner, you have to look at him. Even if you don't own Kai Havertz and you want a Chelsea attacker, I think he's a great option. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's some other more, uh, well, cheaper players, but they have higher ownership and that's Jack Grealish and Wilfred Zaha. I think mm -hmm. Both decent options, and it's mostly based on fixtures. I know Grealish doesn't have the best fixture with Arsenal away this weekend, um, especially, you know, this is the most surprising thing in the season. Best defensive record in the Premier League, Arsenal. Yes, Marty, I saw that. I was looking at the standings today, and I'm like, damn, seven conceded? Only seven conceded at the top of the league? Very impressive. Very impressive. Yeah, very impressive. So it's, it's not the best matchup this weekend, but I think if you're targeting Grealish, I mean, you never know. They could still score against Arsenal. Um, but the, the fixtures afterwards are just an absolute dream. Mm -hmm. um, and then Zaha's fixtures, although they, aren't, they, they don't go on as long as Grealish's, I think his next four are pretty good. Leeds at home, Burnley away, 
Newcastle at home and West Brom away. So he, he's an option, but I prefer the other two players um, over him. Um, so I actually went with Jack Grealish, um, which I, I was thinking about it all, not all day yesterday, but like over a good portion of yesterday in the afternoon, I was thinking about it. <laughs> and uh, it, I went Grealish more so because I have a, a long-term plan, um, which involves freeing up a bit of money um, to grab any, another Man City attacker uh, when their fixtures turn. And we can talk about that more in a little bit. Um, their upcoming fixtures uh, kind of after game week 10, but that was kind of my reasoning. I didn't want to, I wanted to free up some money now um, rather than later because I have this, this intricate plan coming up. And I think other managers, depending on what your situation is, if you want to like for like swap um, or even an improvement with, with freeing up a little bit of money, uh, I think Ziyech is a great option, but if you want to free up some more money, I'd go with the other two guys. Continuing with Chelsea, we have some penalty news, some penalty taker news, breaking news that came out yesterday. Uh, Simon Johnson from The Athletic UK tweeted this. Lampard says he had a chat with Jorginho before the Ren game about changing penalty takers to Werner and was met with great response from the midfielder. Jorginho said he just wants to win. Lampard confirms Timo Werner is now first choice for penalty. So all of those Timo Werner owners... Congratulations. This is huge. I think this almost makes me want to bring him in. This, I mean, who knows how many, you can't guess how many, and you can't, sorry, you can't predict how many penalties a player is going to get. But the way that Chelsea are scoring, they're constantly in scoring positions. He's probably going to get most or more than most players in the Premier League. So I'm looking at Timo Werner uh, potentially to bring him in. Unfortunately, the dream for me, Jorginho, has died, Marty. Oh. I thought, I'm like, oh, man, 5.3. Maybe he's going to keep scoring penalties. I want to bring him in. He could, you know, bring me the FPL glory, Marty. Yeah, I'm, I am. But very- it's been taken away from him. The, the fake Brazilian or Italian or I don't know what he is. Yeah, whatever whatever he is. I think he has whatever. dual citizenship or something. Yeah, I have a lot of respect for him. Yeah, I mean, not I'm, really. I'm, I not a, I'm not a big fan, but. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't. Hey, man, what do you got against Brazilian Italians? No, no, no. Oh, nothing. But okay. it's, it's more more Jorginho. I just a lot of. I think he's overhyped. But uh, for me, I mean, I've said I was a stubborn Kai Havertz owner. I'm even more so a stubborn Timo Werner owner. And this almost brought tears to my tears to my eyes when I when I saw him on penalties, <laughs> oh. because I've been waiting and waiting and waiting. And I know he's got the three goals and two assists uh, in FPL this season. And he had that one game where most of his his production came. Um, but I think. I mean, it's about time because this just adds another reason for me to want to keep him. Um, and hopefully, you know, if, if he can go on a run and he can start scoring goals, I can recoup some of those funds lost when he dropped down to 9.3 as well. But um, I think he is a decent option. I mean, although their, their fixtures aren't incredible coming up, they have a few matches where I think, you know, they'll score. And, and really they're a threat to score in any match now mm-hmm. with, with these attackers. Mm-hmm. Um, plus the penalty duty, like you mentioned, um, and I think if you if you are an owner of you know let's say Danny Ings who got injured, you could upgrade if you have the funds available to you for someone like Timo Werner. I think it's a good it's a good option. Um, I wouldn't downgrade someone like Vardy or especially not Kane, um, obviously. But I think if you're kind of owning maybe Jimenez, maybe um, Ings, like I said, jumping up to Timo Werner is a decent option. Mm-hmm. And Depending on your team, it might be the right choice. But I just, it's also tricky because there's so many good budget forward options um, and, and midfielders who are probably 
safer picks at this point. Yeah. Um, so someone to throw on your watch list, um, or if you're feeling risky and you want to, you want to go forward and jump on a player while his, uh, his price is lower than it originally was. I think it's a decent move. Yeah. My big issue is I want to bring him in, but right now I have DCL Vardy and Kane. I'm not going to drop Kane. I don't want to drop Vardy. I mean, he's got seven goals. The guy just didn't stop scoring. He looks better than ever this season. He really does. And Leicester look great. I mean, they can play with the ball, without the ball. It doesn't really matter. They play even better when they just play on the counterattack because he seems to thrive there. So I'm in a little bit of a predicament. I think eventually I'm going to bring in Werner. I'm not sure when. Maybe I'll ship out Lewin and then do something in the midfield. But for now, stick with DCL, Vardy, and Kane. It's, it's done me right for, for this season so far. Uh, where should we go from here, Marty? Uh, Spurs, yes. Spurs fixtures. So after, I think it's heading into game week 10. I just want to confirm it. So they have, um, they have West Brom this weekend, which is a fantastic matchup for them. I think uh, we'll get into captains later, but I think Kane or Son are probably nailed on to be your captain. But then after that, game week 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, you have City. Chelsea, Arsenal, Palace, and then Liverpool. So those fixtures are going to turn. I'm not saying, and I know Marty, you won't say this, that they won't score. Obviously, they're going to score some goals. Hopefully, they're going to score some goals. But it might be time to let go of one of Sun or Kane. And really, you can, if you really want to, you can let go of both. And like we just talked about, you can bring in a Timo Werner and bring in, you know, a Zaha or a Grealish or, you know, we'll get into uh, maybe Liverpool players later. So there are options, but I think it's something that you really need to look at because the fixtures do really turn. And uh, obviously for some other teams like Palace, Villa, Arsenal, um, Chelsea, they have better fixtures moving forward. If you are a Kane or a Sun fan, Marty, which you are, what are you planning to do? Well, I just want to set the record straight and say that I am a Kane or Sun fan in FPL. Okay, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. I gave credit I gave credit to Arsenal's defense. So I didn't have to, I didn't have to say anything. I just don't want this to become a Spurs podcast. That's all. I just you know, it... buddy. <laughs> just embrace it, okay? Yes, Mourinho loves you and you love Mourinho. It's not Jose, okay? It's Jose. Yeah, yeah, we we brushed up on my Portuguese before we uh, we jumped on. Did you? Sorry to cut you off. Did you watch the uh, All or Nothing Tottenham thing documentary? Of course, I didn't. You didn't watch it? You said it's. If it was Arsenal, honestly, I would still watch it. I, I'd watch it. I would watch it and be like, oh, fuck these. I hate these fucking guys. But yeah. you know, I would still watch it because I want to see what goes on inside. But one of the things he said, I think it was in the first episode, he went up to uh, Jaffet Tanganga. He's like, "What they call you? What's your name?" And he's like, "Tanganga." He's like, I hate when they call me Jose. It's Jose. That's funny. Yeah, so there's that. But anyway, back to FPL, Marty. Back to FPL. I, I agree. I think we're not saying that they're, they're not going to score goals because I'm sure they will score in most, you know, at least half or most of these matchups just because we're seeing right. a lot of goals this year. I can't see too many clean sheets uh, coming up for their opponents just because of the form they're in. But I think it depends on when you bought these players, when you brought them in and, and what price you paid. That's the biggest factor for me as someone who, okay. who owns and has owned son this whole season. And I have, he's now up to 9.6. I don't want to have to sell him only get 9.3 back and then eventually want to buy him back again and have to pay that extra um, 0.3. Same with Harry Kane. He's up to 11 million. Now I paid, 
uh, I think I paid 10.7 for him, and now my selling value is 10.8. So if I sell one or both of these players during those uh, during that run of fixtures, I'm probably going to want them back at some point. I mean, it's very likely whether it's you know immediately after those fixtures turn or towards the end of the season, mm-hmm. you're very likely going to want one or both of these players back. Um, and for me, I rather hold and not lose that lose those funds and like we said, I, I think they're going to score. I, I just don't, I can't see them blanking, you know, five, six, whatever, however many games in a row. It's, it's just not going to happen. One or both of them is, is going to score in some of those matches. Um, so I would actually hold, um, let's, let's see how it goes as well. I mean, with the international break coming up, uh, we don't know what kind of, you know, injuries are going to get picked up uh, on, on other teams, maybe, um, City won't be as as daunting of a fixture. Maybe Liverpool won't, and I still think Liverpool is not that bad of a fixture because of their their defensive situation right now. So uh, I would actually hold both if you have both, but I would have advised against bringing them in during that during that run, just because it's it's less guaranteed than um, some of the other top players. And also, I imagine that um, if you plan on bringing one in at that point, you've you've missed a lot of their early points, and you're you're just paying for for or past points at that point because their price rises. So um, I would I would hold, definitely. Yeah, you're going to have to pay up huge. Um, James Rodriguez, Marty. Looks like he won't be back in, I don't know if he's back this weekend or the weekend or after the international break, but his his status just seems to be up in the air week in, week out. Um, I'm a, a James Rodriguez owner, 7.7 with Everton. And I think my next step heading into this game week <clears throat> is to ship him out and bring someone else in. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think that's a, a good move. I, th- I would treat him similarly to Kai Havertz. Uh, they're roughly at the same price right now. Well, yeah. a little bit cheaper. He's 7.9. Um, so, I mean, if you want a practically a like-for-like swap, we talked about Ziyech, great option, really so high. I think it's worth it. Um, you know, his, his production has dropped, well, before he missed he missed time as well. And, their upcoming fixtures, I don't think the next four are that bad. Um, and I think you can apply what I'm saying to Hamas to Calvert-Lewin as well. I, I think, well, I would actually keep Calvert-Lewin, but for Hamas, I can understand more so why you would get rid of him, especially if you own both. But United at home, next matchup, not bad. Mm-hmm. Fulham, Leeds, and Burnley. And then after that is where it starts to get tricky. And we talked about Spurs just now uh, and their fixtures turning. This is a time where... If you have these players, I think it's harder to keep someone like Ahamas Rodriguez during this run of fixtures than it is the Spurs players. So in December, they play Chelsea, Leicester, Arsenal, Sheffield, and City, all in December in a row. Uh, And that's a really tough run of fixtures, especially with the December fixture congestion. The Christmas time schedule is is very tricky. Um, So I actually rather, for someone like Ahamas Rodriguez, jump off of that ship early um, and go with someone who has more upside, like the players we mentioned before. I think that's a good move, especially if you own both him and DCL, um, just because DCL is probably owned by – I mean, I know he's owned by more than half of half of the managers out there. So I, I don't think you need to own both at this point. I think it's it's probably better to spread it out um, and go with, with another option. Diogo Jota, Marty. The man on fire, the man of the hour. Check this out. Last four games. One, two, three, four, five, six goals. Two man-of-the-match performances. He's coming off a hat-trick uh, in the midweek against Atalanta. 
6.4, like I mentioned, in Fantasy Premier League. The only problem is we don't know if he's going to start. Because currently, Roberto Firmino, Bobby Firmino, is occupying that striker position. So the whole conversation is around, well, Firmino doesn't score as many goals. Jota is a goal scorer. You should put him in with that front three. But I'm not sure that Jurgen Klopp wants to do that. I don't know if it's exactly necessary at the moment. With that said, it means that his status is up in the air and he's part of you know, the rotation plans. He might start in the Champions League. He might start in cup games. He might start some Premier League games. He might flip-flop. So we just don't know. But at this point, at that price, it's kind of a no-brainer to bring, in, bring him in, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, if you look at, at his, well, his minutes played in the Premier League, he has two starts and three appearances off the bench. And he's actually scored in two of those three appearances off the bench uh, both against Arsenal and against West Ham so even off the bench he's he's an impact I feel like Liverpool is one of those teams where I mean I would never target a player who who's like an impact sub that would that's never a strategy you should go with an FPL but it helps ease that stress a little bit um, if if you have a player who's a rotation risk and I actually brought him in I brought him in when he was at 6.3 I'm actually hoping that he can keep climbing and hit if he hits 6.5 I've made 0.1 and then worst case if I have to sell him off at least I've made money off of the player um, but I think he's a he's a good high upside pick very low ownership he's owned currently by 5.8 percent um, and I know I mean I would probably never normally target a player like this um, especially when their next two matches are city away and Leicester at home but I think the upside is definitely there. And he's, I imagine he's going to feature in both matches and hopefully start one of them. Um, whether that's this weekend against City or not, I'm not totally sure. And I'm kind of treating him similar to how a lot of managers are treating Phil Foden right now, um, mm-hmm. where his price is so good and he's in su- on such a good team that when he does get starts and he does uh, get on the pitch, his potential and his scoring potential is there. Um, a lot of people look at Foden as that sort of option and, and you'll take the rotation uh, and those benchings kind of as they come because the upside is just worth it. And I think, I think he's in that, that same bracket right now. And um, I don't think every manager should be targeting him. I think it depends on your situation. Um, for me, it was kind of a low risk move. I dropped Ross Barkley, um, who I regretted pretty much immediately grabbing once. I did. <laughs> but it, uh, it was one of those impulse moves, but I think this one here, Worst case scenario, maybe I'll make um, a very small profit off of him, um, and maybe he'll he'll deliver for me. But I think worst worst case scenario, let's say the next couple of weeks he does nothing and he doesn't feature for me. Um, he's in a price range right now where I can move up um, to those those midfielders in the seven to seven eight bracket just because I do have some money banked from my previous transfers, um, and also I just mentioned him, Phil Foden. I think he's someone once Man City's fixtures turn, you should target your team because their fixtures from game week 10 all the way into February are ridiculous. They only play, I think two top six teams in that span. And I imagine they're going to start scoring goals and score a lot of goals in that, in that time. So I'm not too stressed if he doesn't pan out. This is just one of those, um, you know, high risk or sorry, not so high risk, high reward, uh, high upside plays that I'm going for. Um, to try and climb up in the in the overall rank right now, uh, it's still so early on in the season. 
um, that I can take a risk like this and not be too worried about it. So I, th I think he's an option um, or at least someone, if you're not going to pull the trigger and grab him, throw him on your watch list and, and monitor him um, over the next game week or two, just, just to see, because his price is, is very, very good. So it's worth it. So some context into the Jota thing. Here's what Klopp had to say. He goes, this was after Jota's hat trick in the champions league in the midweek. He goes without Bobby Firmino, we would not be in the champions league even. He will be in the team, and for a lot of people in the world, if you ask them what makes Liverpool special, they would say the way Bobby Firmino is playing. For us, it's important that we have more than 11 players. Tonight, Diogo played super, super game, but that says nothing about Bobby and has nothing to do with causing me headaches. I guess he's talking about causing uh, starting 11 headaches. I'm more than happy that the boys played like that tonight, and uh, basically he's saying they just need more than 11 players. So he's not really saying who's going to start, who's not going to start. It's basically... There's a rotation there. I, I can't imagine him just taking Bobby Firmino out um, for Jota. But like you said, Marty, all good points on Jota. And if he does take over that starting position at 6.4, and if he keeps playing the way that he is playing, it's an absolute steal, absolute bargain. Danny Ings. Unfortunately, he's out four to six weeks. He just had knee surgery or is about to have knee surgery. 8.5 million. The guy was on fire. I kind of feel really bad for him because he was just in the form of his life. I feel like every time he gets into this, this unbelievable form, he gets injured some way, somehow. Every single season, it seems to happen. And Southampton looks so good, too, moving forward with him in that starting 11. By the way, do you see those James Ward-Prowse free kicks? Oh, absolutely. You know the is. I love that guy. I love that guy, too. He's, he's a friend of the show. He is a friend of the show. Friend of the show, James Ward-Prowse. He gets put into the in and out starting 11. He's right there in the midfield, right there beside Jorginho. Um, so let's continue. <laughs> Danny Ings, Marty, we need some replacements here. 8.5. I think he's still owned by like 14% of people. He's going to be shipped out. I think if you have him, just you got to move him out. So there are options there. We talked about them already. I mean, if you want to pay up, you can go to Vardy, Werner. I mean, Callum Wilson is a great purchase as well. Raul Jimenez, the same price. So it's like for like. Uh, DCL. Do you have any other uh, or any guys you would s highly suggest bringing in for Danny Ings? Yeah, I think you nailed them. I, it's those are probably the ones I would look at uh, depending on on my situation. If you have the funds, I think Timo Werner is a good option, um, especially if you don't have a piece of the Chelsea attack. Um, if you already do and you want to, you know, spread your your team out amongst different clubs, um, and you or if you want to save some money and go cheaper. Uh, you would actually save money if you don't already own DCL mm. um, and you could grab him for their next, uh, you know, especially the next four fixtures. Uh, I don't see Man United this weekend as being that difficult of a, feat of a fixture. I mean, maybe United show up, maybe they don't. Um, so I think DCL is always a good option. Um, I actually think Callum Wilson's a pretty good option. Only 15% owned, six goals, two assists. He's on penalties. And although typically I would never suggest grabbing Newcastle attackers. He seems to be a, a good option this season. Yeah. Um, and their fixtures between now and kind of the mid, well, between now and mid, and mid December, uh, Southampton away, they play Chelsea at home next week, which is their worst matchup. Then Crystal Palace, Villa, West Brom, Leeds, and Fulham. So short term, I think it's a good move. And by then you might be able to bring Danny Ings back uh, depending on his timeline. Right. Uh, and, and his recovery from his injury if, if you wanted to bring him back. But I think uh, those cheaper budget forwards, there's, there's so many good options. Um, but for me, if I had to pick one of each, one you know, more expensive guy, I think it'd be Timo Werner. 
Um, and then if I had to go with a budget forward right now, I think I would actually go Callum Wilson. I, I like the way he's playing right now. Yeah, and I, I like their matchup against Southampton because Southampton look a bit stretched at the back right now. It looks like Ryan Bertrand is going to be missing out with a hamstring injury. Jan Benderacht, I think, left the last match with a concussion. So their back line might be all over the place for that game. So it could be a good position for Callum Wilson uh, to pick up another goal on this great season that he's having. I'm trying to think where else are we going more. I think we touched on everything. We kind of flew through it. Yeah, I actually, I was just scrolling through the forwards and another option, I mean, um, especially because we saw him take a penalty against Southampton last week is Ollie Watkins from Villa. Mm. He, he's gone kind of quiet. I'm just saying, I'm not saying pull the trigger on this transfer. I'm just saying, you know, watch, uh, watch him and see how it goes, especially because their fixtures are so good um, after this Arsenal fixture this weekend. Just throw him on your watch yeah. list. Just, just. Yeah throw him and, and monitor that situation because if he does remain on penalties um, over the next, you know, six, seven, eight games, uh, I think his potentials to score, it will be better than, than it is normally. But uh, I would, I would pick the other players I mentioned ahead of him, just someone, someone to monitor. Ollie Watkins, you love those Villa players, eh, Marty? I guess they're not winning the league after all and Everton. See how quickly things just change. It's this is the best part about the Premier League. It, it just changes. Leeds are like the darlings of the Premier League, and they could beat anyone. They get smashed by Leicester City, Aston Villa. They're on this run. Nope. Leeds, they take care of them. Everton, they lose a couple players. They just can't figure out how to win anymore. So I love the Premier League. It's the best. But captains picks Marty. I mean, I don't see how you don't captain Son or Kane heading into this game week. They're playing West Brom, the worst team in the Premier League. Yeah, I totally think you're right. Sorry, I'm wrong. They are not the worst team in the Premier League. I mean, watching them, that's the worst thing you can do. Uh, and probably the worst in the Premier League at that point. But they're in 18th. They have three points below them, unbelievably, Sheffield United and Burnley. But nonetheless, I'm calling them the worst team in the Premier League. Yeah, I mean, if you compare them to the other uh, the other teams at the bottom there, they actually have the worst defensive record. Yep. Uh, Sixteen conceded, no wins. So I, I think you know, I mean, although they're they're not the worst right now, they're definitely one of the worst. And I think yep. you have to captain either Kane or Son. Um, I'm imagining uh, Kane will be higher. Well, have more more captain. I think so. Just because of his, he's on penalties, um, and I mean he's creating. He's scoring, uh, but you can't go wrong with either. And I, I think I'd be very shocked if you didn't own one and were not captain this weekend. But if you have to look elsewhere, it's kind of tricky because there's, there's not many great fixtures this weekend. Like you look at, uh, well, obviously the big matchup on Sunday is, is Man City, Liverpool. And I wouldn't captain anyone from either side in that one, especially because you probably have a better option. Um, I mean, maybe you could look at Chelsea, if you have Timo Werner, if you want to go with the differential captain, um, especially now that he's on penalties against Sheffield, it's, I, I mean, I don't love it, but if, if you want something different, maybe um, even on Sunday, Arsenal against Aston Villa, I think Villa's mm -hmm. form has dipped, but Arsenal just don't score enough for me to be comfortable captaining one of their players and, um, I just don't think their players are that highly owned anyways that that many managers would be thinking about it. So right. uh, I think it has to be either Hurricane or, or Sun this weekend for captaincy for sure. Um, if Mikel Antonio was fit, I'd probably look at him possibly as a differential against Fulham. I actually, I really, I know I just mentioned him, but I really do like Callum Wilson against Southampton. Southampton, I think have conceded 
Let me see. Uh, six goals in their last three matches. I mean, as a differential, I think I would definitely look at Callum Wilson if I had him. And if I was chasing, I think I would captain him for sure. I have a feeling he's going to score a goal in that game. Um, anywhere else? I mean, Chelsea players, yeah, like you mentioned. Arsenal, I mean, like, yeah, it, it's tough. I think it's you have to go with Kane or Son. I think don't complicate it, right, Marty, like you always say. Yeah, I, I agree. And this is this is something that a lot of people struggle with, especially newer players every season. They're, they want to try and make up ground and they overthink their captain picks. And then some – or they'll see that, you know, last week – some someone on their team who's not one of their premiums put up the most points like Grealish last week he went off well that doesn't necessarily mean that it was the right pick to captain him last week there was probably a better option um, like on Spurs or on Liverpool so um, every week you should be captaining your premiums in my opinion or, or almost every week um, just because they're the most consistent um, they're typically the ones whose returns are going to be the highest as well um, especially in a matchup like this Keep it simple. Don't mm-hmm. overthink it. Go with go with one of the uh, the guys who's been doing it all season. Marty, who was your upset pick of the week last week? Uh, it, it did Leeds? not go well. It did it not was... go well. Did you go Leeds over Leicester? Uh, I may have. I think that's what it was. I may have done that. Yes. Okay. We, let's just weren't, start. What? There weren't really many upsets. The only upset last weekend was Newcastle Everton. So. Yeah, I mean, it's difficult to predict these these upsets, but we got to give it to the people, Marty. Give me your upset pick of the week. Come on, Marty. Upset pick of the week. I know you want to say West Brom. Just say it. No, I don't. I don't think it's going to happen. So, I will say this. Okay, I will say this. If there is a time to play Spurs, and I'm West Brom, it's right now. They're playing on Thursday, and what I noticed last week when Spurs played Brighton, they started off the first half. Spurs started off the first half. They looked great. They were sharp. They were going at Brighton. I'm pretty sure they scored in that first half. And then the second half, they looked leggy, looked tired, and Brighton got into the game. That seems to happen after these Thursday matches with Spurs because they are playing a lot of matches. West Brom can potentially take advantage of that. Do I think it's going to happen? No, but there is a chance. And West Brom, despite being as bad as they are defensively, do have some pieces up front that can score goals. Diangana, Pereira, uh, this Carlum Grant striker, he looks pretty good. He seems to always have chances in games. He doesn't always put them away, but he constantly has chances. So... There is potential for upset there. It, it, it's very, very slim, but I just wanted to say that. Yeah, I mean, you never know. And who do, who do Spurs play today in the Europa League? Ludogorets. Uh, Ludogorets. I think at home. Uh, no, yeah. they're in. No, oh, they're, they're in. away. Yeah, they're away. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, they'll have to – I mean, it depends what kind of, what kind of team they field as well. Well, right? Mourinho saying he, he said, I'm going his, – his quote, full power. Oh, I, I don't trust that man. Yeah, so who knows? So uh, it might be full power. We might see Kane and Son, or you'll see uh, Vinicius and maybe Bale will be out there. But who knows? You never know with uh, Mourinho. Actually, you never really know with any manager now. I mean, Klopp does the same thing. Guardiola does the same thing. Mind games. Mind games. Lampard. They all do it. Yeah. Uh, upset pick of the week. You know what? You, you're kind of talking me into it. I'm going to go Newcastle over Southampton. I think that that should be considered an upset. Just mm-hmm. you know. So we'll, we'll go with that one. We'll go with Newcastle taking on Southampton. Just because I'm looking at the other fixtures and nothing's, nothing's really calling my name. So, Yeah, I, I'm going with Newcastle over Southampton as well. But I think you can also make a case for Fulham over West Ham. Since those new signings that got into that Fulham team, they've looked better. They've looked they've much better. I mean, I still think that <clears> – <throat> excuse me, my voice keeps going away. I still think they, they, they'll probably get relegated. Unfortunately, I'm a big Scott Parker guy, former Spurs man. Um, I think there's a chance that they can uh, surprise West Ham. 
but I'm going to go with you. Newcastle over Southampton. Callum Wilson is going to score a goal. That's it for us. Martin Levinois, you can follow him. Mystic Marty at E-H-M-A-R-T-Y. He should change his handle to Mystic Marty. I don't know why he hasn't done it yet. You can follow me at the Real Bird V on Twitter. Um, thanks for listening. Thank you to Marty. Thank you to Premier League. Thank you to Jose Mourinho. Thank you to Jorginho. Have a good day. Ciao, everybody. <laughs>